Welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. I have a wonderful guest on. We have just been talking about failed podcast uh, ideas and snarkiness and uh, Frockflix, one of my other favorite podcasts. So if you're stuck in bed, give Frockflix a try. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. No, they don't sponsor the show. They should. They don't. Um, and so I want to introduce you to... Lauren, and um, you have one of my disorders, so I was really excited to hear from you. So tell us what you have and how long you've been dealing with it. Um, So I have fibromyalgia. Uh, I was diagnosed about 10 years ago now, um, about a week before I turned 16. So that was a fun Oh, happy birthday! (laughs) Yeah. Some kids get cars, you get diagnoses. (laughs) I get a diagnosis from like an old dude who doesn't (laughs) understand how to tell 16-year-old girls that their life is changing. Forever. Oh, oh, we it have to great. go into that. That that's fun. I just don't know why MTV when they do that whole sweet 16 thing, maybe they should start doing like diagnosis 16. I mean, yeah, right. Totally. I mean, it doesn't have quite the same like feeling like when someone brings in a Land Rover, then uh, here, this is the rest of your life. Yeah. So, um, I have lots of Dr. Trauma horror stories. We just talked to an amazing person who has TOS who just dealt with a surgeon horror story. Mm-hmm. I am dying to hear is I, I was just writing down, someone asked me in a journal by chronic illness and I was like 16 dealt with the scary doctor. Oh, there's a theme with scary doctors. Tell me about what that was like for you at 16 to get that diagnosis. So, yeah, I had been basically, like, having pain since I was about 10-ish. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> yeah. And it had always been like, oh, well, you go to a private school, you probably just have a really heavy backpack. That's why your back is hurting. And we just need to get you, like, a rolling backpack. So we did that. Didn't really help, but, you know, we did it. Um And then I started getting pain in my knees, and that was growing tendonitis. And then it became tendonitis when I stopped growing. And then my grandmother, who is a nurse, was like, this seems a little odd. You've been going to physical therapy for a year, and the tendonitis isn't any better. And I think something's weird. So um, my dad has a friend whose wife has um, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, and so she knew a really great uh, rheumatologist in town and was like, Oh, well you should go to this guy. Cause he's like the best in Dallas. Great. So we went to this guy and, <laughs> um, he comes in, asks me a bunch of questions and does, you know, like the whole tender point thing. Oh no, no, no. You need to step back a bit for that because <laughs> I remember when they did the test for me and I looked like someone putting a cat in water. Yeah. I was like climbing up onto things like get the mm-hmm. away from my back. Why, why are we doing this? Yeah. yeah no, this is yeah. not just like, if you have fibromyalgia and they start doing that pressure point, it's not just like, Oh, they touched my back and I felt more pressure. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. That, that expression. I wish we could film. Oh, well, we are filming this. So maybe I'll put it up, but yeah, <laughs> that expression. <laughs> Yeah. The grimacing, oh my God, I remember yeah, that. Just, please stop. Why? Yeah. Yeah. So he does all that. Then he leaves the room and mom and I are just like, okay, what's going on? Like, I don't, okay. So he walks back in and he's like, yeah, uh, you have fibromyalgia. Uh, you need to stop any activities you're doing at all. Uh, you need to go to a sleep doctor to take care of your sleeping issues. And, um, also you're probably never going to get to do what you thought you were going to get to do in your life. Well, hello, Dr. Phil. Um, (laughs) yeah, it was great. I was like, uh, okay. Uh, so no more golf and he's like probably not you'll probably never golf again and I'm like oh 
okay. Uh, sure. Great. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds fine. Yeah. We just have like a petition that signs that like everyone who enters a medical field needs to pass a basic level of not sociopath. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like just basic levels of compassion and human empathy yeah. like would be so fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So you're 16. And I mean, like, I've had some really messed up doctors who told me really awful things, but not once did they do that. That's a new level of of lack of humanity in the medical field. (laughs) Yeah. So and then they also thought I might have Crohn's at one point, too, at the start. And so he's like, oh, and also you need to go take care of this because you might have Crohn's. And so then we started looking up what Crohn's is, and we're just like, this is really not good. This is really bad, like really, really bad. Um, Turns out I do not, but I had some of the symptoms of it. And so went and did all that testing and found out that that's not something I had. But then like literally a week after the diagnosis, we had planned for a ski trip. So I'm like, we're going to a ski trip a week after. And I'm like, new on all these medications that he's put me on and like oh wait wait wait. you're 16 what medicine did he give a growing child oh gosh um so what did I start with I started with tramadol and it's totally appropriate (laughs) yeah I started with tramadol and acetaminophen uh twice a day I'm sorry did he also like please tell me he was like checking your kidneys during this time oh yeah So he's like, and we'll need you to come in like, you know, every three months so we can do blood tests and all this. And I'm like, well, I'm never coming back to you, but I will go to another doctor and I'm sure they will do that. And she did. But (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not a medical professional. Please don't take anything I say as medical profession. This is strictly like everyone's own personal experiences. No, I I was put on high doses of anti-inflammatories. At your at, well, at the age you were, and yeah. I, my kidneys were like, I almost needed a transplant at the end of it. They were like, oh, help gosh. me. Yeah. Yeah. And he started me on like five milligrams of tramadol. So it wasn't super high dosage, but it's, it was still like, okay, uh, this is new. This is all kind of crazy. Um, and we just basically did that. And then put me on vitamin D because I was severely D deficient. So he's like, here's a prescription for vitamin D, um, and then trazodone for sleep. Oh, so, wow. That, that will yeah. definitely help us sleep. That, that is, yeah. <laughs> I'm still on that. That one. is the Dorothy and the poppy field sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, it works pretty well for me. I went on, uh, Ambien at one point because it had kind of stopped working. Uh, and then I slept walked, sleepwalked everywhere. Um, to the point where I was down in the kitchen, trying to cut a tomato with a Cutco knife. And if you know Cutco knives, you know they're very sharp. Um, and my mom found me in the kitchen at 2 in the morning trying to cut a tomato. And she's like, okay, so we're done with Ambien. That's over. We're not doing that anymore. Um, so then I went back to Trazodone. And it works fine. It just doesn't keep me asleep as well as the Ambien done did. But, you know. There is something to say for a drug that puts you so far to sleep that people have driven on it, have yeah. shaved their legs on it, have gone through massive eating, um, massive QBC buying binges I've heard about. Um, if you can sleep through all that, I'm going to say it's probably really good for sleeping really bad for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, you're, you're 18 and I don't need you grabbing keys and driving at 18. <laughs> 
because you decide you need to go to Sonic or something in the middle of your sleep. Like, this is not a good idea. But to be fair, Sonic is usually a good idea anyway. Usually, yes. I mean, their lemonade's kind of off the hook, so I hear that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I just recorded a panel. I'm not sure when we're going to release it, but on um, chronic illness and life decision-making. And one of the things that we talked a lot about was that age range, because uh, the person, uh, Eva, who uh, she and I were doing the panel together, we were both diagnosed really young. And and that definitely affected our decisions on college, yes or no, (laughs) majors, yes or no, Um, college life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tell me about how that affected your choices for how you decided. I mean, this person told you no golf. Like, I mean, seriously, there's like ever a sport that I would think like, yeah, you know, it might be, well, not with Eller Stainless, but with Fibro, it, you know, there's golf carts when you get tired. There's, yeah. there's even nice people that will carry your, your stuff for you. Like, I would think that'd be like the go ahead. So, yeah, the thing with golf is that it, it works so much of your back and mm. your knees and your hips that it was just so painful to try to do. And I like do a whole 18 hole course because I tried afterwards. I was like, I'm not giving this up. So I tried it. Um, I made it nine holes and was like, uh, I can't stand anymore. So I think we're done. <laughs> and so we left and I have not done very much of golfing since because it was just like, what's the point at this point? <laughs> well, I will so, backpedal and apologize. That was a horribly ignorant remark for me to make from someone no, who got, no, I got kicked off of a mini golf course as yeah. being that bad of a golfer. So I should not have said any assumptions of that. My apologies. No. People think golf is like so super easy because they see the golfers doing it and they're like, oh, it's just like you just swing it back and swing it forward. It's so easy. It's like mm, there's a lot more to it than that, actually. But And I will it, apologize. People think ballet is easy until they get out there and do one exercise. And they're like, you know what? No, I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, not golfing anymore. So thankfully, my school only had a like you only had to do one year of like physical thing. Oh, you're yeah. not in California. Aha, uh-huh, I, I got it. Okay, now bad. I understand. Yes, we have a different rule here. The only thing you have to take all the time is PE. So thank I, you, Arnold Schwarzenegger, for asking anyone with a chronic or debilitating illness. You yeah. are on the Special Olympics Council. How did you not think this through? Anyway, sorry, <laughs> back. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um so actually mine is mine was completely different from normal Texas as well because I went to a private Christian school um which meant that they had their own rules and they don't really have to go with what the state says so that was good because I had already fulfilled that and I didn't have to worry <laughs> about it anymore so that was great um but along with that they get the freshmen into like figuring out what they're going to do for college their freshman year like the fall of their freshman year because they're like, we're a college prep school. So you need to know what you're doing. So (laughs) I had already (laughs) figured out my plan a year before all this happened. And then it like went into what was the plan? The plan was, uh, to do like sound editing, sound design, um, for Hollywood movies type things, which would have been great if you could do that without being like a boom operator first. But 
you have to be like a boom operator first. And uh, there's no way I'm standing with my head, my hands above my head and holding something still for hours on end. That's not happening. So that one ended. Um, so then I had a teacher who was, gosh, I love him. He, we will probably be friends forever. Um, he was like, you know, I think you would be really good at computer science. And I think that would be a really great thing for you to do because you could do it from bed and you could just do it even when you don't feel great. If you can't stand, you could still do it. And I was like, well, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. So then I had that plan. Uh, and then reality set in when I got to college and I probably in hindsight made the wrong college choice. Um, but my mom had gone to this private Christian school here in Texas and it was important to me that I go there. It was important to her that I go. So we had done all this stuff and like tried to gone and gone to their like accessibility office. And we're like, okay, listen, she missed 47 days of her senior year of high school. Is there an attendance policy? Because she's definitely going to miss time. <laughs> like, she missed 47 days. So it's like not a, it's a question of if she's going to miss time. It's a question of how much, because she's missing time. And they're like, oh, no, no, no attendance policy. As long as you get your homework in and you're there for the tests and you're there for the papers, everything's fine. So we were told that by the, by the accessibility office. So we had no reason to think differently. Um, come to find out, I get to classes the first day of my freshman year of college and, oh yeah, there's a six day attendance policy. If you miss more than six days, they can kick you out of the class. Okay then. <laughs> and they can even kick you out of the school if they decide to do that. So yeah, it was, um, a shock. Um, and we had also gone through a whole thing with housing uh, because we had gone to the accessibility office and been like, hey, she needs to be on the first floor. There needs to be accessibility, you know, ADA compliant bathrooms for her to go to the bathroom in. And like there needs to be a accessible shower for her to shower in and like all this stuff. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. We will get all that done. Everything will be done in the fall when she shows up. So we showed up in the fall and I was on the third floor and there were no accessible bathrooms built. Yeah, that was super fun. Super duper fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my mother was very upset and we got me moved down to the first floor. Um, and then they were like, we will get to work on those bathrooms. I, I mean, were, were they part of the Olympic committee? Because that feels very like the last Olympics we saw where like everyone was coming in and there was no showers. <laughs> yeah, it was shocking. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then I had crazy roommate drama, which did not help with anything else because I was stressed out to the max. Okay, so I had a very different college experience where I did... I was never living on campus. What is it like? Like, when did you decide to tell your roommate about your health issues? How did that all go? Oh, gosh. Um, so I told her, because they, like, they will, like, pair you up online now. So they'll, like, send you the person. Oh, gosh, you are young, aren't you? I, I, 
I'm 26. So yeah, oh, I mean, you are, yes. existed and all that when I was going to school. So I'm sorry, I'm back in the dinosaur era. Like I was just there when Al Gore invented the internet. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, we were part of like the AOL generation of like the cat mating Skrillex sound every time you want to go oh. online. We didn't have any of this cool stuff to like match people up. Believe me, I remember <laughs> the cat squealing because yes. we didn't have good internet at the house for a very long time. <laughs> so we did dial up for a lot longer than normal people. Uh, the, the, the old days, you know, up yeah. both ways in snow. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> you were matched up online with, with someone. So were you able yeah. to discuss your physical limitations and issues with them? So my parents and I talked about it and we thought it was important that she know this before coming in because they did give you the option of like, I'm not, I can't do this. I need to switch before a certain point. So I was like, okay, it's kind of, she's going to be living with this. Like she kind of needs to know what's going to happen because we're in a very small room. Um, so talked about it all with her and, you know, no one ever really understands what it, what's going to happen until you actually are there and living it. You, you can talk about it as much as you want, but they're never going to get it. Um, so I told her about it pretty early on and she seemed cool with it and all this. Um, but she was just a lot. I mean, my parents are not super wealthy. I'm not super wealthy, but we were well off enough that like, you know, and also my church had given me a lot of money for college. Like just people at the church were just like, Oh, here, here's an Amazon gift card. Here's like a Macy's gift card. Here's a target gift card. And by the end of it, I had like close to $2,000 in monies to like put towards going to college. And so, you know, we bought everything that you would want for a dorm room because we weren't really paying for it. So we had kind of talked to her and we're like, okay, so I already have this, 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 and this. Can you get like a microwave and a TV for the room? And she was like, yeah, sure. Totally can do that. So we get there and that was our first sign that something was crazy happening because she did not bring a TV or a microwave. And she literally, I've never seen anybody walk into a dorm room with less stuff. Uh, she walked in with like a suitcase of her clothing and like a bag of her, her linens and like a bag with laundry stuff. And that was it. And like her backpack that was full of her like school supplies. And there's nothing really wrong with that except for the fact that like, had we known we would have brought like my TV from home and we would have gone and gotten like a microwave already, but like she didn't tell us that. So anyway, that it just started off really weird. And then she just got very weird about no lights on if she was asleep and she had classes that started at like 10 on the day I had classes that started at eight and she didn't want any lights on before nine 30. And I'm like, but I have to get ready and I can't like go down the hall to the bathroom where I can't sit down to get ready because like, it's all I could do to get ready in the morning to go to school. <laughs> So, I love the woman who started the spoon theory because I, it's what like I don't think that people who aren't sick don't realize like how exhausting it is just to get up and floss your teeth or brush your teeth and then um like brushing hair is like something that even my daughter's taken over for me lately like gosh, yeah 
It's, uh, there's a lot that goes into just like, and this is about as ready as I ever get, by the way, like this, this whole full face of zero makeup is the standard. And even that's more than I can handle some days. Yeah, no, that's become my standard too, because I just, I'd much rather take the extra 10 minutes of sleep than I guess it. I am like, be like, Oh, here we go. I like made myself up and then maybe I won't actually feel good at work when I get to work so you know I mean I'm a f- absolutely like on the soapbox feminist and I just am so happy that this is the look for thank you exactly. <laughs> the glasses the no makeup I'm <laughs> I am your people here <laughs> yeah so I have a question uh, for you because we're talking sure. about getting ready for dorm and I never was in a dorm um I think I visited someone in one once uh what do you think would be like the best thing to bring with you, like what is the, the spoony chronic illness like to bring to a dorm or a new apartment? Like, cause right now we have everyone getting to school or people starting in new yeah. places. And I think, you know, that might be a good thing to think about. Like what, what was your indispensable spoony thing to have in a dorm room or a new apartment? Um, let's see here. So putting you on the spot, right? That was so mean. Of I know. Like, I, I apologize. I, you're just talking and I'm like, I really want to know this. <laughs> So my big thing that I had to have was uh, the door mattress was not going to be a thing that would work for me. So um, I mean, aside from sanitation, right. Aside from that, it was just not going to work because I had been sleeping on a sleep number bed for the past, you know, four years and was very used to changing my bed as I needed to change it. And that was what was working for me. And it was like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, so thankfully I had all that money from people at church. And so we went to sleep number and bought a twin sleep number bed for like $900 and, um, had my uncle router some two by four plywood, uh, around the edges in the size of a twin bed so that I could put that on the box spring and then put the mattress on top of that and we'd be good to go. So that was my big thing. But, um, I don't know the little things that helped were like my heating pad, but I take that everywhere. So I'm not sure that's really like a dorm thing. Cause that just, no, goes everywhere. But that's, that's lovely. <laughs> I mean, I, first off, I don't know a single woman who does not love her heating pad at least once a month. And I don't know any of us with chronic illness who do not like cuddle our, our heating pads. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the best little friend you can have. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And easily affordable, which is nice in the chronic <laughs> illness world. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, for and like this is something I do a lot. Is I do interview people with um, the same illnesses, but or disorders, um, because we all have such different symptoms. Yeah. So you have fibromyalgia. Um, I have it too. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious what it's like for you. Like, what are your symptoms? Like, what does a bad day look like for you? Um, so bad day for me uh, is either I'm in like a ton of pain and just can't sit up or do anything. Uh, I, know, is, I think you just leave it with, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, or I'm just super, super fatigued and again, can't, I just can't. The head is not going to lift off the pillow. I'm not really in that much pain, but the fatigue is so bad that it's just like, uh, uh-uh, this is not happening today. <laughs> no. Um, I have a little sign in my room that says, uh, go back to bed. Today's been canceled. And <laughs> I love that sign because there are days that have just 
they just get canceled. Right when you wake up, you're like, mm, nope, it's canceled. We're done. Uh, it's going to be done. one of those days that Netflix will actually show the sign of, are you still alive? Are you okay? I mean, like, you have watched the entire two seasons. I just want to check in. I, do we need to call someone? Yeah. Like, those Are days. you alive? Yeah. Like, I feel like, Netflix like, should, chronic they illness that. is in, like, Netflix's business plan. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So that's, those are my bad days, but like, you know, I don't know. I don't have a ton of issues with like nausea for the most part, except for I just went on Savella. So Savella is a super nauseous stuff. And so that was fun going on that because I was nauseous for like, you know, two months. I have never heard of Savella. What's that for? It's uh, the newer, the newest of the fibro drugs that they've uh, approved. Um, and it's weight net, it's weight neutral as opposed to weight positive, like Sepulta <laughs> are. Sorry. So, sorry. That came as a cackle instead of a laugh. My apologies. Um, no, yeah, no, I tried both of those and 30 pounds came on so fast. Like, I'm like, do you guys want to market this to like the, uh, um, wrestlers who want to get to a new weight class? Cause I think you're missing yeah. a market here. <laughs> Yeah, so I had been on both of them for a few years and had no had put on a bunch of weight and was no closer to getting any of it off. It wasn't coming off. I was maintaining, but nothing was coming off. Um, so we finally were like, okay, can we try something else? Um, so I went on this Savella, and it I haven't really lost that much weight, but that also has more to do with the fact that I'm at my grandparents' house right now to save some money, and uh, they're not charging me for rent, so I'm not dictating what they feed me. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Grandma and Grandma. <laughs> you know what? Yes. You're feeding me for free. You're housing me for free. I'm not going to dictate what you feed me. So they don't, they don't eat the best, and that's fine. Um, I will be moving out soon, and then we will be okay. Uh, so, Yeah. But Savella, one of the side effects is nausea. And so um, I was nauseous for about two months getting onto that one. So the weight uh, neutral isn't because it's a miracle drug. Weight neutral is because you feel so awful you don't want to eat. Pretty much. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Thank you, drug companies. Yeah. Um, it has done a ton for my fatigue, though. That's wow. another thing that it's it helps with is a lot of people have better results with their fatigue where it's not nearly as bad. And I had gotten really, really bad with my fatigue and that has helped a ton. So it was like a toss up of, do I want to do the nausea thing and also feel like that I can actually do more and slightly be nauseous all the time or, you know, whatever. One of those great catch 22s that you get a lot in chronic illness culture. Someday I'm going to actually record a 2 a.m. conversation that my husband and I have a lot of 2 a.m.s, which is, okay, honey, your rib and your shoulders dislocated. It's time for you to give in and take the oxygen. It's like, yeah, but, but I also yeah, exactly. took the Vicodin before I went to sleep, and I took the muscle relaxer before I went to sleep, and I took the THC so I could get through sleep. If I take this, we're now risking an overdose. So and he's like, yeah, but... We need to get you out of the pain so we can relocate this. Otherwise, you have to go to the hospital where they're going to pump you full of everything. Anyway, yeah, like yeah. it gets really like obscurely weird. It's this weird like, okay, do we risk death 
or do we risk losing the limb? Do we risk vomiting all day or do we try to stay out of pain? My personal favorite is, do I actually ever want to get rid of the food I eat or do I want to be out of pain? Or not out of pain, sorry, pain management. I never get out of pain, but at least to a level of basic levels of function. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then my focusing drug, which is one that I used to stay awake and, like, fight the fatigue, I can only take once a week. I can't take it oh, every gosh. day like it's prescribed because it messes with my POTS. So if you have more than one diagnosis, oh, wow, yeah. you're like, it's this constant, spl- like, plate yeah. spinning of hilarity. And it is it is absolutely Hunger Games. May the odds ever be in your favor because Totally. Yeah, don't know. Drug interactions. Who knows? Yeah. Ow. Who knows? Yeah. Fun times. I, I totally hear you there with like the, yep. <laughs> how do we do this? Yep. So you seem to have managed to become an actual adult at a job, which I'm, I'm so jealous of. <laughs> how do you handle this? What, what did you find that was able to be flexible enough with your illness and how do you moderate adult life and having to be somewhere with fatigue and drug interactions and yeah um so actual adult is probably pushing it um I'm more of like I'm almost double your age and I absolutely agree (laughs) yeah um actual adult pushing it I'm more of like a faking adult during the daytime type person um so my job is not totally flexible I'm supposed to be there 8 30 to 5 every day um So I basically hopefully arrived by 8.30. The past month has not really gone that way, but my boss is pretty cool, and she's okay with that as long as I make up the work. So um, it's not been great, but, you know, whatever. Um, And then I uh, have an hour for lunch, which I usually spend at my parents' house because they're close enough that I can drive and lay down for 45 minutes. And take a little cat nap and then get up and eat something very quickly on the way back to work uh, for lunch and make it through the rest of the day. Um, and then I go home and usually eat dinner and crash. Um, and then I have Wednesdays, I go to movies with my friends. Um, but that's usually like go home, crash for an hour or two until I need to leave for the movie and then leave for the movie and then don't get up from the movie until it's over. So I can handle that because I'm basically sitting the whole time anyway, um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, and then on Thursday nights, I have my community group with my church people, um, which again is just sitting. And they're great because if I'm having a really, really foggy day, they are okay if I just sit there and try to listen and pay attention, which usually if it's that foggy, I'm not really paying attention, but they don't know that. So it's fine. They think I'm listening. You basically <laughs> described a whole bunch of conversations with me and my husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, they're great about it. If I'm having a really bad day where it's just like, nope, I'm not sitting up anymore. I just don't go. And I tell them, you know, guys, I love you, but I won't be there this week because it's just not happening. Um, but they put up with a lot of my rambling, like, oh, I think this, but I don't think any of what I just said in the last 15 minutes made any sense to anyone but me, because I'm pretty sure I rambled all the way through it and got onto five different tangents while rambling through it. But I tried to make a really salient point about this one verse. I really did. You are ready for parenting, my friend. I mean, that right there is like half of my... (laughs) I will talk in circles until I get to the point I was trying to make, and I'm not even sure what that was anymore. Just don't do the bad thing. That's basically all we're trying for. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep, exactly. And then my weekends basically consist of me doing nothing to recharge for the next week. So yeah, that's that's a usual week with me. I wish I had something more flexible where I could like make it work a little bit better, but it's a little hard out there with, cause I never made it through college. You know, the, I made it that one year and then crazy stuff happened. I ended up having to medically withdraw, uh, because I missed, that? Uh, so because you missed the school that they said was okay for you to miss, you had to do a medical withdrawal. Yeah, twice. Um, so the first semester I medically withdrew with literally a week left of the semester with all A's. And I was very frustrated because I'm like, ah, I have all A's and there's a week left and you won't let me take the finals. And I'm, OK, great. Uh, fantastic. Because you probably will be sharing this with your church group. I'm going to refrain from these swear words I would usually use in episodes. And I for your church Don't group. And, and for my auntie, who always gets on my case about swearing too much on these, I will be really good on this one so everyone can share this with church groups. I really want to swear right now, though. That's unacceptable. I'll, I'll go with my, I will go with my mom swear. That is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, it was Jeez. not great. Um, and it was my mom's alma mater. And so she has taken it a lot harder than actually I have because oh, wow. it feels like they, to her, it feels like they betrayed her because they didn't do right by her daughter. And it really, she's still not really over it. I'm basically like, you know what? Whatever. Y'all did that. I've moved on. My life is pretty okay now. We're fine. I wish I had a degree, but whatever. Um, (laughs) She just really hasn't gotten over it. So um, that was the first semester. And then the second semester, I only missed the amount of time that I missed because, and you'll love this, uh, we had a snowstorm snowpocalypse here in Texas that uh-huh. year. Uh, and if you know anything about Texas, they don't understand how to deal with snow. It's just not a thing. So when it does snow, everything shuts down and goes crazy. So we were shut down for a week of school because yeah, it was snowpocalypse. Um, but when then we started back up again, there was still snow everywhere. Um, and they decided to shovel the snow from the steps onto the ramp And there was a huge snow pile on the entrance of the ramp at the top of the the ramp and stairs. So I couldn't get my scooter down that. And there was no way I was walking to class because I wouldn't have made it to class. I would have had to turn back halfway there and be like, okay, this is not happening. Um, So I emailed my teachers and was like, I can't get to school because the maintenance guys decided to shovel the snow onto the ramp. Um, So can we please get this taken care of to like everyone I could think to email and call. Um, And it took them three days to get the snow moved from the ramp. Uh, So, yeah. Um, uh, I almost want to just release the video just because I'm not swearing. So I, feel like my facial expressions are probably like going through every single swear word and then some invented ones. Um, yeah. I, you know, it, it's just, it's one of the most frustrating things about being chronically ill is that 
Some people are like, oh, but you should be able to do this. Oh, but you, if you just put your mind to it, if you just worked harder, if you just tried harder. And it's like the bare basics of being able to even attend or get somewhere is such a mm-hmm. mountain to climb. Like to prove a point, yeah. I took my wheelchair into downtown San Mateo. Yes, I will call you out in at, by name because San Mateo, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> anyone who's in a wheelchair or a scooter knows that if you're – going down a ramp of any kind and it's not it's graded too steeply even you're gonna get knocked out of your chair and these are not like little things that we're whining about these are like our physical safety and our ability to move around in the world and get a degree and if you say to me once about online college I will say fifty thousand dollars it is a difference in cost of fifty thousand dollars for us to get a degree online versus going to the school. And when you're doing the things like what you're saying, or even like, let's say everything's the best possible, but like at my daughter's school, there's only two handicapped parking spaces for the entire population of students, teachers, and parents, which meant trying to get to her graduation was hilarious. Let me just put that out there. Oh, Uh yeah. Um, I will say that the school is amazing and the teachers are amazing and this was not their fault. The administration, it was not their fault. This is just a basic misunderstanding of what it's like to be chronically ill and how many people in the population will deal with that. So your story makes me absolutely chew the insides of my mouth raw and everyone who is from church who is listening to this, please know I'm doing this specifically for you. You too, Auntie. Um, <laughs> it's it's true. It's true, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't don't listen to the rest of the episodes if you're listening and thinking this is how I usually speak. I am being on my best behavior. <laughs> I am on in-law behavior right now is basically where this is coming down to. <laughs> You'll be very shocked if you hear the yeah. other ones. Um, yeah. So you do use mobility aids for your fibromyalgia, is that right? I do. Yeah, my scooter right now is out of order. Uh, I let the battery get to uh drain down and now it just won't charge at all so i need to get the battery replaced um but my biggest issue with that is i don't have a lift on my car and so trying to dismantle the scooter on the days that like i actually need it Mm -hmm. uh are very difficult because you're trying to like lift this thing that's supposed to be light and easy and you're like yeah but it's 20 pounds and like it's hard. Um, so I really need to get a lift on my car, but that's another $2,000 to like get a lift. And so right now the scooter's out of commission, but I have a walker and a cane and I've got orthotic inserts for all my shoes because I have feet issues that who knows if they are from like the fiber or not, but they exist. And if I don't have them, then I get more pain in my feet and who wants more pain. So I have those. And so, yeah, I've got a bunch of mobility aids. They're just all around. I, I mean, like I, I'm going to link in the episode notes, um, our uh, cost of chronic illness panel that we just put out because being sick is so expensive. Like, oh gosh, yeah, that, I mean, I had to move out of an apartment that I was in by myself and move back to my parents' house and then end up moving over to my grandparents' house because I was, I had a car payment and the car payment was enough that when I turned 26 and had to go off of my parents' insurance and onto my own, I wasn't going to be able to pay for insurance if I didn't have the car paid off. So... I moved into my parents' house and then my grandparents' house so I could pay the car off so that I could have medical insurance. Can someone remind me again why the ACA was a bad idea? Because 
everything I can think of, the ACA is like the best thing we've ever yeah, had. It just didn't go exactly. far enough, but stories, Bingo. yeah, I mean, like it should have gone so much further. Like we should be taking such yeah. better care of our people, but that at 26, you were still able to be on your insurance, your parents' insurance is such an important thing. Like, oh, it was super important. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, like, so every time I talk to someone from a country where they have socialized medical care, the first thing I hear is how horrible it is until we have a full discussion <laughs> of what it's like here. Yeah. I have not, and I challenge any of you, please feel free to come on the podcast. Talk to me about your horror stories with your, your illnesses in other countries. I'll come back to it and we will, we can chat. I would love that panel, but everyone yeah. I've talked to, it, it's like, oh no, no, no. Let, let me explain what it's like here. Uh-huh. Yeah. We go yeah, bankrupt I mean, here. We absolutely go bankrupt by being sick. Like we, we had to like, just for, I have Eller stainless and fibromyalgia. So the 20 pounds for a scooter is an impossibility for me. Oh yeah. So totally. We had to pay $12,000 for my wheelchair. Right. Because it's made out of incredibly light um metals and it was measured specifically for my body so I wouldn't dislocate my arms by by sure, wheeling, right. which yeah. um, jokes on them cuz I still do, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had to get a different car because the wheelchair didn't fit in the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. It's, it's amazing. We had to move to a different house because the house wasn't wheelchair accessible. Like it is crazy the amount of things we have to do when we're sick to just yep. subsist. <laughs> to just exist like others do. Yeah. That it's, one. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's crazy. And I actually this has been such a annoyance to me for the past week and a half. And I really should just call the cops on this person, but I haven't yet. Um, but they, I, for my job, I go over to our post office and it's about a fourth of a mile. So my there and back. So it's like an eighth of a mile to the post office and an eighth of a mile back. So it's about a fourth of a mile. And my doctor really wants me walking and doing exercising and things. So I try to walk over there because it's a good, little walk and it doesn't tire me out too much to where I can't keep working. So, okay, I'll try to walk. But on the days where I can't walk, I need to drive over there. And there is this lovely little guy who I am sure he is much older than me. And I get that he probably thinks he should be parking in this spot, but he does not have a handicap placard or handicap plates. And he parks in the handicap spot, the one handicap spot in the back of this post office every single day. And it's so annoying. I just, like, ah, uh, it annoys the crap out of me. You know, maybe we could take, like, a kinder, gentler approach with him. And, like, maybe. And we could, you know, like, you could print out a how to get your placard. Maybe, maybe he doesn't yeah. know. And if exactly. you just you print out how to get your placard, you could just ran the back. I've noticed I don't want you to get in trouble, but apparently you need this space. So I don't want you to get in trouble with the, the police department, a parking thing. Here's how you can legally do this. Yeah. I'm trying for a kinder, gentler Monica. I'm working on this. Like, seriously, you know, hard. I, I love kinder, gentler, but at the same time, we constantly have people who are just like, oh, here, I'm going to pull up into this spot and, like, run inside and get what I need and then run out. And you're like, yeah, that's not what they're for. They're not there for you. Or I don't know if you saw my uh, post about the uh, Target that decided to restripe every single one of their handicapped spots on the same day. So they were all blocked off. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay. You know, like that theory, like 
Oprah said this. I don't remember who else said this, but you're supposed to look at everything in your life as a teachable moment. Like as a teacher, like this is your Zen yeah. Buddhist teaching is like, right. Yes. You're supposed to reframe. And usually I go through at least 20 swear words before I can get to the reframe moment. And I've, I've gone through at least 80 from what you just said. And I know. I'm trying to yeah. reframe it, but it's really hard when corporations like there's so much that they just are so blind on because I think that they yeah. don't have enough diversity in their board and in their managements. And that leads to yeah. some really hilarious advertising mistakes. Hilarious. <laughs> like I did, like I just pulled aside a very, very lovely, sweet manager who was sure that his store was wheelchair accessible and in a wheelchair. I'm like, okay, I just, you're going to come with me to your bathroom. And he's like, I can't, ma'am. I absolutely, I'm like, no, you are. You are. You're I, coming. I'm just, I, I, I won't do anything embarrassing in front of you. I swear I'm not that person, but I need you to see this because you seem very certain this is wheelchair accessible because there's not a step. And he's like, okay, poor guy is like maybe 20. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah. we're doing this. And yeah. I showed him how, because they had a little bump where the door meets the bump so it doesn't swing outwards. Oh my god. And I'm like, I want you to watch this because you don't have a thing that I can press to open the door. I have to, and he's like watching me as I'm holding onto one wheel and I'm throwing the door open with the other, throwing back to pop a semi-wheelie to get over this bump and then pulling myself into just into the area. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's awful. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, we're not done. Come in with uh -uh. me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I won't use the bathroom. I just want you to come in with me so you can see this. And he walks in and I'm like, do you notice anything? And he's like, I I I'm scared. I don't know what. And like, we can't <laughs> close the door. Yeah. I, I can't get to the stall. I, I will have to literally back into the sink to let this door close. There's not enough room for me to turn my chair. Yeah. And he was just like, he was so sweet, lovely, lovely gentleman. And he, had, he was like, I swear to you, I'll talk to corporate about this. Like, and they won't do anything. I just, yeah. one more aware person is helpful. <laughs> yeah. And he had a better uh, response than the manager I talked to at Target, who literally just smiled and laughed at me the entire time I was saying, talking to him. And I'm just like, really, dude? You know, like, this is why God invented cell phone cameras. This is why you are yeah. supposed to take out and record these. I know. And send I it out have. to the sheer horror and rage of all of Target. It's like Target nationally, their brand is we are we are nicer than Walmart. We are yeah. more aware. We are socially aware. We are we are loving. <laughs> like you put that yeah. out, I bet you Target corporate would have so much to say. Yeah. I'll make sure I tag the, them in this little interview not that it will do I anything already, but why not tag it them. yeah I already tweeted them about it and tagged them in the tweet and then they got back to me and were like can you give us more information I'm like can I I totally can why yes yes I can here is I the guess. name of the manager here's his photo here is everything he said to yeah. me did you want to deal with this before I put it up on Twitter again <laughs> I will yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I actually just did that with the company for my wheelchair that after three years, the part stopped working and they thought I should pay $1,200 to fix it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I give you one chance to make this right before I start. And I am not the person who's a bully about social media. I absolutely will not go out and lambast something or a company unless they have absolutely yeah. just ignored every way I've given them to make it right. So like, I give you a way to make this right because you just told me to pay $1,200 for something that costs $7,000 to fix after three years yeah. of babying it. It was fixed. 
I mean, like, I, thank you. Yeah. I hate Twitter for so many reasons and in so many ways, but every once in a while, it really does level the playing field in a way that nothing it else does. does. Yeah. Every once in a while, you're just another person who's complaining about their thing and they don't want you complaining about it in the public. So they'll fix it for you. Which is so <laughs> great with like the camera, like you just video it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for you, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're so much younger than me. It's so cute. Um, how, <laughs> how is the social life? How, I mean, you were, you were 16 when this came through, which, yep. um, how did this shape and form your social life? So, um, I was always, I, I'm totally like very much of an introvert. I did never had a ton of friends. So I had my little core group. And I thought, oh, nothing can ever take us apart. We're going to be best friends forever because they talk about this at our, the school that I went to where you have lifelong friends made here. They act like it's a college that you, like, make lifelong friends at. It's I not, feel like but we they went to the like same it. college prep Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they act like it. Um, so I got all the way through to my senior year and then missed the 47 days of my senior year. It was a bad year. Um, and the majority of those friends were just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're faking it at this point. I'm pretty sure this is just for like, for you to get attention. And I'm like, no, I'm really not. Like, I really don't want to be at home while y'all are all enjoying our senior year of high school. Like I'm supposed to enjoy this and I'm not because I'm constantly not at school. (laughs) Like, okay. Everyone knows if you are going to get out of high school, the year is your sophomore year. It is not your senior year. It is sophomore or junior year. The two years, like the Wednesday of high school years is sophomore and junior. Oh my God. I can't see the end of the tunnel years. Yeah. So that happened about halfway through senior year and they just were like done with me. And so I basically ended senior year with like two friends who weren't really, like, super close friends. They were just like, yeah, you can come hang with us, I guess. Um, And I spent a lot of uh, lunches just, like, alone during Ah. senior year, which was not fun. Um, I distinctly remember spending one in the bathroom because I was just so sad that I was like, no one can walk in on me or see me or anything, so I'm just going to sit in this bathroom stall and eat my lunch because no one can find me crying in here, so it'll be fine. Um, This is a Charlie Brown (laughs) Christmas story level of sadness right now. Yeah, yeah. So that happened, and then college, I, you know, I was only there for a year, and I I had a lot of stuff going on that wasn't college-related, was like, you know... It was, but it wasn't. And so I made one friend that year who I'm still friends with and we still talk and that's great. She actually also has, um, they thought she had fibro. It turns out she does not. She has some other stuff and she now has rheumatoid arthritis. So that's not great for her, but, um, she's, you know, she's making it, she's doing better than I am. So good for her. Um, Spoonie jealousy is a real thing, by the way. There's no shame or guilt in it. I can't tell you how many like other zebras I've talked to are like, I'm still going to work every day. And I'm like, I'm so happy for you. You're like, oh, I'm so glad that you were misdiagnosed. And I wasn't. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always go with jealousy is the best thing in the world because it tells you what you want and what to work on. But man, that green monster is a real thing in Cron Lake when you're like, yeah, that's great. I'm so glad you found that one. Like there's a friend of mine who just had this, um, she got into a 
a trial and she just had a, mm -hmm. a, a thing for her pain and it really worked. I am oh my over the moon for her. I could not be happier for her. And I'm so yeah. jealous and sad for myself. I'm like, but that's totally because she, she has a totally different disorder. It, would, it wouldn't work for me. Like I couldn't even like yeah. try to sign up for this. And I'm like, I want something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was like high school, college years, you know, when they say you make your friends for life or whatever. I, yeah, I've got one. <laughs> and we don't talk that much because she doesn't live in the state anymore. So, you know, we talk occasionally. But anyway, um, and then I went through a period of like severe depression after the whole school thing because, you know, I was pretty sure I was worthless and terrible. Um, and it took a while to get out of that. And I wasn't making any friends at that point because I was a mess. Um, because nothing's better when you're a mess than isolation. Like Exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, who, when you're a mess like that, wants to go out and see people? No one. You're just like, no, I'm a mess. I don't want to do this. I just want to sit here in my room and read fanfic and watch TV. That's oh, all real quick, what fan life. fiction, what, what fandom are you in? Oh, I'm in a ton. It's been a lot. <laughs> uh, I see. knew I liked you. <laughs> Um, hello, my fellow geek. Hello. Uh, so Star Wars, Harry Potter, um, Sherlock. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, that's that works yeah. for me. I've watched every episode like five or six times. I mean, when there's only nine of them, it's easy. It's so easy. And it, they're all so great. So uh, I highly not recommend on, on those Spoonie, I can't get out of bed days. Just go ahead and rewatch it all. It's great. Um, and then, you know, like just random ones. I love Tom Hardy. So anything he's in, I'm always like, okay, is there fic on this? Because this one's really good and I want to read fic on it. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, there's this, I don't know if you've heard of this. It's a little webcomic called Check Please that is a hockey webcomic. And it's these two um, little adorable hockey players who are also gay and they fall in love and like, Aww. it's great. And it's, it's totally nothing but fluff. And it's the best because you're just like, I need fluff right now. And you just go and read check please. And you're like, Oh, happy fluff times. I'm so happy. <laughs> See, I have so been pushing the good witch for this very reason. Like all of my friends are in the middle of like massive emotional distress. And I'm like, okay, Netflix, the good witch it's put on by Hallmark. I swear to you. It is the best. It's fluff. fluff. It's yeah. the happiest fluff ever. I usually yeah. go to Dr. Who, but that's been a little too much for me right now with the seriousness. Yeah. I am all in for Miss Fisher's murder mysteries and the good witch. This is what I all need. Right. This is it. I'm putting those down. <laughs> right. And I'll put them in the show notes. Um, the good witch. And I will definitely put check please in. Um, yeah, it's on Tumblr. So it's, uh, it's an awesome thing. Um, but I got into that from hockey fandom because I'm a huge hockey fan. So that kind of got into there from there. So my kids are trying to keep me away from Tumblr. I'm not sure if it's because they think it's not cool or because they're on it and they don't want me to see what they're doing on it. You know, Tumblr is a beautiful place. Yeah. With a lot of crazy things on there. <laughs> I love crazy. I'm good with it's it. It's great. I mean, uh, every yeah, other, I like, Tumblr. every other social media thing I've had has just imploded in the last two years of, like, yeah. okay, I get it. I'm terrified, too. Believe me. I mean, listen to this podcast. You will know how upset I am over the last two years. Yeah, I'm not good. Exactly. But I need happy, too. And, like, so now I've got, like, Instagram yep. and Bored Panda. And those are my two places that yeah. the, the ick has not quite seeped into yet. 
Yeah, Tumblr every now and again will have some ick, but it's mostly just happy, happy things. Then um, may I recommend Board Panda as well? That is I one of my favorite. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone in to get my bones relocated and to like calm myself down. I go into Board Panda and I'm like, oh, look, it's a whole thing on sloths. Look, this is great. great. Go yeah, ahead and relocate exactly. my kneecap. I am looking at baby sloths. It's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, look, this person turned bottle caps into the Mona Lisa. Yay. <laughs> Okay, so we have managed to get to almost an hour, and I don't want it oh to be gosh. because I'm having way too much fun. But in interest of keeping this to an hour, I'm going sure. to say let's wrap it with: Is there anything that you want to hit on, or is there anything you would like to promote? Anything that you, you want to like definitely yell about? And we've got Target. We are we have Target in our targets. Yeah. On Target. Like, hey, see. Um, yeah. No, I mean. You know, I don't remember what I put on. The- <laughs> well, they, the, your, that, gets, uh, that gets posted in show notes. So Perfect. you'll be able to see that. Um, if you don't have anything, I, I would say that I think I can go back to schools, teachers, and administration if you're in yep. any of those aspects. And um, teenagers are not liars by birth. Like, just assuming the worst about any human is not the way to go forward in this world. And especially not with kids, if they are hurting or are sad, even if you suspect that it's not the most honest thing in the world, they're not doing it because they're happy. So let's move forward with more compassion and care, especially for our teenagers, children and young adults and start looking around your school. And Hey, here's a thought. If you have a school, rent a wheelchair for a day, see what it's like for your disabled students. If you can get around the campus, I swear to you, you do not understand if your space, a business owner, same for you. You don't know if your space is wheelchair accessible, unless you've tried to get through it in a wheelchair during the actual day. Not with mm-hmm. no kids. They they told us that we could get to our classes in our halls. And like, yeah, when did when did they try the all oh, the the administration tried it. They got there just no problem. Like, uh-huh, when? When did they do this? Was it with students when were running around? Because yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah. So that's if you didn't have anything to end on, I'm going to put that out there because I'd love yeah. to see people be a little more kind and gentle with each other. No, totally. I think that's a huge issue just in general in our entire like society in, at large. Right? Today. Doesn't it just work up with everywhere? Each other. Yeah. And so that's our that's our closing line is be kind, be gentle. And I swore I said I wouldn't swear during the podcast. We're now past the podcast. This is part of our tagline. And if we hurt, sure. we get to swear. Be kind, be gentle, be a badass. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. And next week, please, everyone, tune in. We've got some crazy cool panels coming up. If you want to be especially nice and kind to us, hit subscribe. We love that. If you want to be really nice to us, iTunes is still the best place to go to write a nice review. And if you just absolutely love and adore us, share us with your support groups, with your friends and family, with anyone you'd like to understand these disorders or just general life with chronic illness better. If you truly absolutely adore us and you understand how expensive it is to be sick in America, we have a Patreon account I just put live. Please go there. Please support us. And um, even if you can't, at least uh, in the comments, message me on what kind of things, rewards I should be putting up there. I don't know. What do y'all want? Um, And anything from this episode that you think of that could be supportive or helpful, please feel free to comment or retweet with comments. And thank you so much. We'll see you all next week.